0: You're listening to the Blender Institute Podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Do you suffer from premature berry squirts? Grab your fruit of choice on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Pablo Vasquez. Hello. Francesco City. Hello. Dr. Sergei Sharabin. Hey. And Andy
1: Korolczyk. Hello. And I'm Healthy Elmason. Here's your host, Francesco! Yeah. Hi, hello, welcome, everybody. So, this is our 11th episode, and this is the release episode, because on Friday, we released Caminandes 3, L'Amigos.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Almost Saturday, actually. You guys are
3: awesome.
1: Yeah, the crowd is going wild, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah, that was uh, that was the major the major thing that happened. Last week, and uh, we were when we were recording the previous podcast, we were actually right in the middle of it, so actually it would be fun to to see how you guys have been living the last uh, the last week the last days before the release and how the release went so like we can talk a little bit about that because it's it's really fun it's always very exciting to make to make a release and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode and uh, see how the reactions were and um, then we are gonna also talk a bit more about the upcoming projects and uh, all the things that we have still to do connected with Caminandes, because for us, it's not over yet. So I'd like to have a little round and uh, say, well, how, how it went. Like, uh, maybe Pablo can tell us, like, since uh, since Wednesday, what have you been up to? Because, you know, when <laughs> when it's time to wrap up stuff, then is the director that has to be like, OK, this is it. It's done. It's finished. Export. And that's the movie. So how was it?
2: yeah it's uh it was a uh, mixed feelings. Uh, we all wanted the best, but we knew some of the shots needed uh, some tweaking so um is for <laughs> he's, he's the one that spent most of the time here. Um, at some point the renders uh, were pretty much there. We, we did uh, went into some of the shots and r- fix some of the um, little details in the characters. We even added more details. I guess you've seen the, the movie by now, but uh, for example, in the air, um, we, we changed there like four or five corals, different corals dot blend um, that are used for each one of the shots. For example, that's something we couldn't have done if we would have to finish in Wednesday, on Wednesday. So having the luxury for that actually was, it felt pretty nice. That That's why it makes feeling in, in a way. It's like too bad we are delaying it, but on the inside, it's yes. We
0: can, yeah,
4: yeah. We can
2: go back and those, uh, do those little tweaks, um, also in animation. But uh, yeah, it's been crazy. We released on Friday, actually Saturday for Europe. So we failed for like uh, half the world. Yeah. <laughs> the other <laughs> half is still, uh, still fine, but um, but I'm really happy with the result. We've been refreshing YouTube like mad since then.
1: Yeah, even before the release they were like checking like the few. D- I would like to focus on the few hours before the release it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, I think it was not too bad because we can already a little bit laugh about it when looking back to it but uh, uh with, with Twitter like people asking so is it out yet so is it out like in, in Australia it's three, like three in the morning I'm going <laughs> yeah. to bed sorry guys got, yes. so and we were like yeah almost almost because there was in particular one shot that was uh, quite challenging that maybe Andy can. Tell us a bit more about.
4: Well, uh, duh, it's the last <laughs> shot of the movie. That was the most, the biggest challenge in terms of animation, uh, complexity, because we have, I don't know how many, but many penguins in it. Uh, we have the two characters and they need to share a very important beat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that's one of the biggest challenge, but that, that, that's on the story side. But also the shot is incredibly long and we pan up. So that means that the, for for my part, that the the lighting setup needs to hold up from the ground to the sky. Uh, a, a matte painting needed to be to be made for the stars there, and of course the last shot of the movie has to be
1: <laughs> good, really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: so otherwise people are going to be disappointed in the end. So that was the big pressure. Um, and
0: it's, it's not a short shot. I mean, this is a long yeah, track it's a shot. a
4: really long shot going from an extreme detail yeah. of the berries uh, into mm-hmm. the showing the whole group and then panning up into the sky. So you have focus shifts, you have light shifts, you have uh, everything. Yeah, even uh, yeah, the uh, lighthouse. Uh, yeah, lighthouse. Yeah, lighthouse, yeah. uh, light beams, uh, complex shaders and stuff. Yeah. So I, many different lights. And so we pushed it really hard, like... You, Shalty, you—you uh, also like you had a lot of work getting yeah. the animation done, and you put it out just <laughs> in time, <laughs> like just, just like uh, made it on the mark, yeah. which was yeah. which was brilliant. So uh, then my task was to <laughs> press F <F12>, twelve, <laughs> render the thing, yeah. and uh, that that proved to be a bit more difficult. Um,
2: I really like what you did, though, uh, Andy. Is that you had everything rendered from after the characters uh, after we see the characters, so Shelty yeah. could still be animating the the, the guys and yeah. from half the shot up it was already rendered that that's really it yeah. speaks really well of our yeah you know, organizing and well,
3: yeah.
2: foreseeing yeah,
3: <laughs> otherwise
4: totally. i mean it's 300 350 yeah. frames or something and then if you don't render at least half of it and you know that you're going to be releasing tomorrow. (laughs) And of course, the character part takes the longest to render, then yeah, it made sense to prepare everything in advance as much as possible. I was even prepared to split render layers and characters uh, into different layers so we can always re-render, but that didn't happen, luckily. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's a very complex shot and of course something went wrong.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: A bug, I well, think, or, or the packing. It's, it's not. Oh, you. Oh, you're talking about. Yeah, of course. But that that's that's expected. So the bug <laughs> was that um, many
1: things went wrong. Yeah. Okay.
4: okay so the first bug that uh, for people. Should I go into some... No, not so technical, but the thing is that we
2: packed the blend file. Yeah, so we
4: packed the blend file and then there are a lot of constraints going on with the characters interacting with the berry and those constraints weren't propagated into the final file, which happens in a way uh, somewhere along the the way of the packing process. Uh, It's more related to the way we pack files, which is uh, using the BAM asset management system. And uh, I was working, since I had to do... Um, since I had to be really quick about the setup of this, I had to work in a different way. I had to link the character in directly from the animation file. And that means linking in the instance groups for people who can, like, who can understand. Yeah, it's a duplicate, group, yeah, yeah. But for, for linking in the, the groups instead of just linking in the animation. Uh, and for for the viewport, that worked fine. But some sometimes along, some somewhere along the way in the packing, uh, somehow, Bampack doesn't work. It doesn't pack the entire character into the file, so I had to unpack the file and patch the file manually with, with, with the animation file, and had to wow. merge two different Bampacks together every time the file was updated on the render farm. That wow. wasn't the that wasn't the hardest part. That was, <laughs> that was just fine. Wow. That was just like doing a preview render and then seeing, okay, Coral picks up the berries, and the berries stay on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah so uh, that that uh, required some trial and error and uh, that was also why that shot that really like the two re-renders that needed to be done of that shot really happened at the last minute the biggest issue of course were the berries and, and yeah. people who are, have been following us on twitter uh probably have heard the rumors. <laughs> <laughs> I think Don even showed that. Yeah. Yeah. But we always had the problem that uh, the, the berries are too noisy because they're a subsurface scattering material. They don't have a big diffuse aspect. So they uh, in certain lighting conditions, and especially if you put in a lot of mesh lights and area lights, they turn up pretty noisy. So they take a long mm-hmm. time to clear up.
2: I, I think I also added, uh, I think if it's the same uh, berries that I did, uh, I added some bump that it was too small. And that also can bring some issues. I don't know, Sergey. I wish we had a cycles developer right here. Oh, (laughs) hey, Sergey,
0: Doctor (laughs) Sergey. So,
2: so what? The the main problem was that berries were too noisy, and then it was too obvious. The berries had SSS, so you think that was uh, the main problem, Doctor? How do you diagnose
3: (laughs) (laughs) this this shot? Well, I mean, I I mean, you could you could. saved like quite a reasonable amount of, of, of time by using branch path tracer and bumping the, the SSS samples mm-hmm. up. So you don't need to reshoot all, all the all the AA rays, for example. That should already be, be much cleaner. And then also when using branch path tracing, it, it integrates all the lights at the same time. So it's kind of slower per AA sample, but then it clears up faster. So when you've got some difficult light setup, it, it might actually speed, speed things up.
2: So we should have used uh, branch path tracing, you think, for that shot?
3: Well, I think at some point we, w- we would actually need to go default uh, for, for bu- bu- branch path tracer. Wow. Be- be- because, I mean, it, it it's almost the same as regular one when you put all the samples to one and then it's just the only difference is the, the sampling all the lights yeah at the same yeah. time and picking all the closures from the, from the material settings because, well... well and you've got complex material set up, and you use regular path tracer. It'll pick one closure at a time and randomly like pick it randomly and sample it, which which would require more AA samples because you need to 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 do it like of, until you pick all all the closures a reasonable amount of times. Yeah. When you go into branch path tracer, it, it'll sample all the closures. For, for for the same IA ray, which we, which could also it it's slower but it, it, it should converge faster when you've got difficult material setup.
2: So you show you we wouldn't need fifteen hundred samples like we did now. Or at uh, least you, you could have prob- you
3: it. probably would still need same amount of SSS samples, but then you could save IA samples ah. which also could save time because you have coral which consists of hair. Yeah. Then you you would save time in there. Ooh. I'm breaking everything. Okay, <laughs> okay.
2: Nothing happened. <laughs> oh, okay. So you have coral with a lot of hair. You have so, a berry so, so with SSS.
3: Yeah. So you've got coral without SSS, we, 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 for which you don't need that many samples, and then you've got berries which you need to clean up more. And then you could tweak the, the SSS samples a bit more and just clear that that, that bit of of an image. I th- I, <clears throat> I think it's mainly. Uh, about making it more easier to configure the things yeah. so, so, or yeah. maybe creating some tutorials for artists to explaining how it works and uh, and how to configure some things or maybe have some sort of, of block diagram what to tweak if something is noisy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and, stuff
3: like, and stuff like this. And also the, there is another trick because we, you, you've got SSS scattering events and then when you've got single sample for this, there is like 50% chance that it doesn't hit anything because <laughs> yeah. it, it could scatter outside. And then we just wasted that sample. And if you use more samples for SSS per AA sample, then the probability of not hitting anything is, is lower. Wow. So there mm-hmm. are tricks like this. And and also, the, I've noticed that the, 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 there was some uh, bump map applied on, on, on the berries. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Sorry about that.
3: Did, it, did, did it actually is glossy as well?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, everything. I think, um, can I t- just t- like finish You're, the you, story? You tricked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Happy um, ending. <laughs> yeah,
4: well, it was fixed. Um, <laughs> so in the end, we, we rendered just the berries, masking out everything else, and just alpha overlaid them on top. And we had to do that multiple times because uh, the because of the, the constraint bug, of course, because some, at some point the, the berry skin picked up. But yeah, that's how we solved it in the end. We uh, what I did is I just added a small bit of diffuse shader in those stacks, and they still look kind of uh, berry-like, yeah, a yeah. bit. But it just shares a bit more of a diffuse component, and that just cleared them up much better.
2: Yeah, and then fade in because at, at some point they con- they go mm. back to become the SSS. The problem, uh,
4: yeah, the is- problem was that uh, we didn't get all the frames. Back in time, and it was one in the morning. I think yeah. one a.m. and we were sitting here waiting for eight frames to come back because I had to resubmit the job to the uh, to the farm because uh, and in eight frames, uh, the the volume mater- the volume uh, object of the lighthouse was actually going through the camera, so wow. the berries were masked out by that invisible volume material, and I completely. Who would have missed, thought that? Yeah, I, I <laughs> ah, yes. missed putting like putting that into a different layer so it wouldn't get masked out. Wow. <laughs> so those had those frames needed to be picked up and uh, resubmitted, tiled, rendered on render street. So uh, uh, they get uh, chopped up into six uh, six tiles and then six machines render one frame. But still, they were coming back in. I think it would still take half an hour per frame to render. So we're just sitting there waiting <laughs> waiting and ton was constantly running around like is it finished is it, it finished, finished. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! and the whole internet is screaming at, at us and then we yeah. just uh we faded we ended up fading out those berries while the camera pans up and then faded back to them uh when the camera is back on them and you can hardly pick it out yeah,
2: yeah. you can't you can't even
4: see it yeah yeah and now of course for the final 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 we have them rendered so whenever yeah. we end up making a DCP for cinema, it's there
2: uh, you can't even tell Like mm. you watch the video, you, you, you can't
4: yeah. It's just impossible. So that was uh, the, the fun. <laughs> and the yeah, the last ebra- minute fun. Like, I had to fix that error and
1: everyone was like standing behind me, <laughs> yeah. ready to party. <laughs> and uh, <like laughs> I was waiting on the other desk, waiting for all the frames to be exported by Pablo so that then they could be encoded yeah. and then we could put it on YouTube and then we could check it and then yeah. there was even a little bug in... It was not a bug, but a little artifact appeared when playing back the encoded video in almost everybody's player. So we thought that something went wrong with the encoding. And when it's so late and everybody's waiting, because then it was my turn, it was not Andy's turn, you really don't want to have no. an encoding problem. But luckily then it turned out to be just an issue of the player. So then we happily yeah. continue, but there were the little moments of panic yeah, and there and too. And <laughs> you couldn't see it. And in Blender play, you couldn't see
2: it. So yeah. in most most places. And then also when exporting, I had a, I was waiting for Andy and I had the the, the sequencer,
4: yeah.
2: all the frames there, like just waiting for it. And then we, we exported everything in the movie, except uh, some parts. And then I remember some parts, uh, exported with a like a flash I, there is a cross I use the, the the sequencer cross and it seems like when you use the cross it cross and, and then you do apply some color grade on top of that like the cross doesn't have the color grade anymore so I think that was a problem because I delete that cross I made it again once the uh, I the modifiers I think maybe if the strips have the you add, add the modifiers later or something like that.
0: Uh, that, but that, I, that was the kind of flash of white yeah, the flash. that happened out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, so I yeah. just removed the cross, I made it again, select the first the, the first strip, then the second, the, the final strip.
0: Yeah.
2: Add effect cross, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it worked, and it worked great, but yeah, we're just wait, <laughs> waiting for that. So, yeah, that's a long... Uh,
4: yeah, yes. does it, at this point... Point, does it make sense for people just to quickly uh, explain how the whole in- encoding pipeline works like, like briefly? So we start with the sequence, which is the edit of the film, which have at the start, they have a storyboard. And then you start filling them up with the, the shots from the animators, little, little MOF files. And then we start putting in the preview sequences from the render farm. Yeah. And then we put the final rendered EXR sequences on top of that.
2: Yeah, it, well, like, it all happens uh, alone. I mean, yeah. it, it's not a, like, okay, this week I'm going to put it. No, no, yeah. it's <laughs> like you start. Um, th- this time we started with drawings, even that we did on paper here with Francesco, like the worst drawings ever. Sorry, Francesco, <laughs> they suck.
0: It's okay. <laughs>
2: Mine's okay. too. I mean, the, uh, mm-hmm. my drawings are there too. Then we replaced them with awesome uh, Gris drawings pencil. and grease pencil tests from Matias uh, Mendiola. He, he totally, well, I mean, inspired by uh, Pepperland by Daniel Martinez Lara and his awesome uh, Chris Pencil tests, yeah. we started using it and then, yeah, totally can, can totally do it. So he made it and exported some movies and then we started with that and on top of that, he also the layout, then the, um, exported the, the mob files or MP4s and yeah, on top of that, we just add previews and yeah. finals. That's yeah. pretty much it, so, yeah, everything is in the sequencer. If you go to the um, we're going to upload everything to the yeah. uh, to the cloud, of course, and I, I was planning on making a tutorial about it uh, showing I don't know if a tutorial but more of a walkthrough because there's really nothing mm. to teach more than yeah. shift a movie, shift a image for adding, of yeah. course.
4: Um, um, but more but of a walkthrough. So the point was, uh, was, yeah, so after the sequencer, everything gets rendered out from the Blender sequencer to a high quality sequence of PNG files, ah,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. PNG, 8-bit PNG
4: is right. And they have the final resolution, yeah. HD, uh, and uh, 25 frames per second. And then that's what? 24. 20, oh. oh, we're making movies. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> 20 <laughs> 20 Sorry. 20 Sorry. Yeah, 20 Sorry. 24 frames per, frame, <laughs> 24 frames per second. Imagine if you take a yeah. animation <laughs> from Gatti and then put no, it no, something no, so. no, 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 no 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 and that's those are the frames that Francesco is getting because he's our ex-
1: encoding expert genius. He's like mm. he, he worked so hard in the past months <laughs> looking up <laughs> online the right ffmpeg command. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, I did the same. Uh, I did some research during uh, Cosmos Laundromat, so I just you know looked up a little bit how ffmpeg works. In the past, I used to actually use uh, first Blender, then some other commercial tools to actually couple together. <laughs> not gonna name yeah. anything. Oh my God. To to couple the image sequence with the sound and then do the encoding. So basically, there was no the so-called muxing part. So I would do everything in one step, and that is usually very time-consuming, memory-consuming, and it goes out of control and is not easy to to manage. And if something goes wrong, yeah. And usually, when you're doing this kind of exports and encodes, it's always very time sensitive. So better not, better get it right or be able to iterate quickly. So we, the the workflow that uh, we developed now is to use FFmpeg with a couple of simple options and uh, make the uh, MP4, uh, the H.264 MP4 file. So it's just a video file with all the frames encoded. And uh, next to that, we make a good quality compression of the audio file, which is usually a a WAV file, so it's uh, completely lossless and uncompressed, and we make a compressed version that uh, would work well in the uh, MP4 container that we use in the end. Because basically, at this point, we are going to have an encoded audio, we have an encoded video, and then we do the so-called moxing. So we take the two streams, audio and video, and put them together inside of a container, and that's how we get the actual file that we can put on YouTube or distribute and uh, that is how it works I have uh, actually published a couple of days ago a downloadable version of the movie the final export that we actually made of the film and uh, in the description there is uh, there are all three commands to replicate that So I think that's uh, quite interesting. If anybody's interested in seeing how our settings are and if anybody wants to suggest us better settings because I am by no way an expert in these kind of things, I found something that works well for us. So we are happy with the quality and the compression ratio, but I know that this is science, so there are some people who are really into it. So if you have Mm. time to uh, have a look and if anybody has a suggestion on how to make it better, please go ahead. I am all interested in hearing that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how we do it.
4: Can I ask a question at this point? Uh, someone on Twitter asked me that and uh, because I think it's going to come sooner or later. But why don't we export the MP4 from Blender? Because know. it uses FFmpeg.
1: Yeah, well, it's for the same reason that I was mentioning before. Like, I, I did it with Blender in the past. But the problem is that, first of all, the, the FFmpeg settings, the FFmpeg export settings in Blender are sometimes a little bit difficult to find out or to be really sure how it works. I mean, you can probably, if you develop you know, the export interface for Blender and you read very carefully the, the tooltips, you know exactly how to configure it, probably you can get the same results. But uh, it's not so friendly. And uh, also, if you choose to export at the same time audio and video, then yeah, you're a little bit, a little bit limited and it's usually quite time-consuming. Instead, we prefer to have this, uh, the image sequence encoding because we can run that on the fastest machine we have, and that usually goes like, I don't know how many times faster, but like factor five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also maxing is immediate when yeah, you the, with the command line. Yeah, yeah, the maxing takes like four for unders, just to talk about numbers. We were encoding around 300, 3,600 something frames. The encoding would happen almost in real time. So it would go at 20, 16, 24 frames per second. And uh, so that, yeah, yeah takes two, minutes. Uh, two yeah. minutes, three minutes. And then you have encoded the whole video, which is great because usually you have to wait for an hour. And the audio encoding would take less than a minute and then the maximum would take approximately two seconds so we could iterate many times and uh, there was no problem with that so that's the reason why we do it because you never have one button to press and then it works usually there is something to redo so that's the reason so, Thank you.
3: So, so, so for you, it's more intuitive to use command line tool with all the man pages and stuff like this rather than going into Blender and using actual <laughs> interfaces buttons. Well, that says something about Blender's interface. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, I don't want to be mean. Of course, you can use the interface, but once you find out the the thing that works for you is easier to copy paste that command than, at least for us, yeah. Hmm.
0: I remember yeah. trying to export a quick time for the first time in Blender, and it took a while because it's not. Like any other exporter I've ever seen, so you have first a, a, you
3: just pick QuickTime and then you just no no control, like you control. can't
0: you can't choose QuickTime. You had to first at that time at least, and now it's a little bit H2-6. Well, yeah H two yeah. So you had to know that it you had to select H two six four six, and then
2: you and then you choose Quick QuickTime.
0: Time, but then you choose again h two six because that's the Kodak.
2: Yeah,
0: but that's by default. I so so that, yeah, before, but It's know. by default, but it gives other options. So it's, it's a little, I think it makes... Jalty was so, confused.
3: So yeah. so, was so, confused. So, <laughs> so so what if you just had all the options and just have like some preset menu have on like this beautiful thing, which Francesco Make can Make beautiful like, button please.
2: Yeah, I think...
3: Yeah. Uh, and and just hide everything else, just like have like, map. I want QuickTime or I want like MP4 with a H264. Yeah, there were some, so. some mockups online about that. I think my panel
2: yeah. made it. yeah. yeah.
3: I yeah. think, yeah,
4: I, maybe he's still working on, I think he did a Twitter poll a while ago Yeah. about how to redesign those settings.
3: You just get rid of them. Yeah, yeah <laughs>
4: oh,
2: totally. just one button. Yeah. yeah just
4: like, again, someone on Twitter mentioned to me, it just exposed the FFmpeg command line. In oh, the, yeah. Oh,
3: no. That's the best. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, we, the, we actually had that. That, yeah. that there used to be like a list of all the all, all the all the arguments which are being passed to ffmpeg. Wow. So it, it it was exposed in the interface, so you can just add more <laughs> options in there. Very wow. intuitive. Francesco would love that. Perhaps. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the joys of encoding. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, so I think we covered yeah. the release part, like and especially the render part, but we haven't heard how it was the animation. Yeah. Go. Exactly. Oh.
1: That <laughs> was the next thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So. This week I slept a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really hectic. Um, I could I could t- I mean I was getting a bit worried that just by the fact the week be- the week before the release I was getting a little bit worried just by the fact that um, there were shots that needed be- to be done, but none of them was an easy no brainer. They all had some elements to them that were a bit of a question mark, so it wasn't completely nailed down. And given the time. Nothing could go wrong, like nothing at all. So no experimentation. No, oh man, like it would. You know, I already make this, but it would be a little bit better if I did it this way. Um, so I, I was getting. And this is counting on that I, I'm still there all day, every day, every evening, and including weekends.
4: Brain functions perfectly all oh, the time, two hundred percent.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's also one of the things. I mean, you, you, you work constantly. And at some point, your brain power starts just going down and down and down. And by the end of the project, you you really feel like a bit of a zombie. I mean, you go home and you try to get your seven hours of sleep, but then you can't sleep because you're thinking about the the shot you're working on still. So it it becomes kind of crazy. But um, uh, at some point, I had uh, uh, an honest... A vision, uh, vision, I had a vision. Yeah. So, so this naked Indian talked to me in my dreams. <laughs> it was so weird. Uh, no, I, I I talked to the team members how they felt about maybe delaying the the release, not by much, but by enough that we had just a little bit of a buffer, so just in case anything went wrong, or just just so the at least the animation could get a little bit of a wiggle room, because it's it's already unfair of the people that come after me, like take the thing I made and, you know, make it beautiful, the, the render team, that if I burn all the time and they don't have time to to do what they need to do, it, it gets really unfair. And I mean, I, I think we we were right on the edge of, of the time limit, really. And that was by delaying it yeah. two days. Uh, I think it was totally worth it. We could have hypothetically tried to push it for a week or something, but... Um, I think now I'm 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 just really happy that we had those two days, having just just those two days. It allows it allowed us to go. It allowed me to finish the shots I needed to finish, but also um, go back in some of the shots and tweak them so they fit it more nicely with the sequence. Because now you could finally play the entire movie and all these shots you've been zooming in on and and just not like getting a bit of a tunnel vision in each and every shot. Now you could look at them, what they look like together, how they flow together, what they feel like with the music, with the sound editing, all that stuff. And yeah, there were some shots that we really felt needed a little bit more tweaking. It was also amazing that those two days gave the rendering team a little bit of leeway of doing that thing Pablo talked about, about making different coros that are um, have a varying degree of injuries, meaning that coro isn't always exactly the same and squeaky clean and perfect, even though he just went through getting berry juice in his eye and getting slapped in the face and all that stuff. Seeing him get gradually injured, I think it, it really uh, helps the viewer to connect with the character and doesn't feel um, like a cheat almost. Like you see in many cartoons, Tom yeah. and Jerry or whatever, and the, you know he gets hit or whatever, and it's, it's always so perfect. But so one of the reasons why they did that is then you, can, you don't have to worry about continuity. But, yeah. it, but I think in this case, continuity is a thing that um, anchors the story in many ways.
2: For a two-minute movie makes total sense. Oh, yeah. Just keep continuing, come on. Totally. Maybe for a long one, if you have to add a band-aid in the first minute of the, the movie, of the cartoon, and then you have to keep that band-aid always in the same place. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, it takes more. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm just so happy the. Uh, even though I wasn't even doing anything that productive the last day because I, I the night before I managed to finish all my animations, uh, I still showed up to <laughs> to show some really bad moral uh, support no, because I made a lot of bad jokes.
2: Uh, <laughs> you did sad coral. Come on.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. I, I, I played around. Oh. Oh, oh! Should we? Re- oh, well, well. Yeah, if you guys know that int- internet meme of Sad Kiano, you know, he's, yeah, and you can buy these little 3D printed figurines of Sad Keanu. So I was playing around with what it would be kind of funny to see Koro when he's sad on the cliff, and have a little 3D miniature of that when he's all like, <laughs> <laughs> "Wow, you, yeah. nailed you nailed it!" Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> also, quack quack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I do it? That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that that would be super cool. Um, it, he, he was almost there. Then I realized that I'm not that good at sculpting. That's just one of those areas that I haven't dived into. So I, I might ask somebody for a little bit of help on
1: that. It was so so good because uh, I remember you in the evening, like we were there waiting. I was waiting for the encodes to start and he was waiting for the friends to come back to the farm. There was all this tension and you were there already for hours (laughs) trying to optimize this model for 3D printing. And you were like, oh man, this is so boring. (laughs) It's like making a very boring puzzle. And I was like, well, look at the upside. I mean, you are here. You would never be doing this unless you had to be here waiting for us. So that was kind of fun, and in the end, I think, I mean, you you managed to fix the model, and that yeah, was uh, yeah. that was good.
0: And it's almost there; yeah. it just it just need that needs that chest hair yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: and, yeah, it's cool. Good. And we so have a, the three D printer now working, so we can
0: prototype. Ah, print. yeah, yeah, yeah that will be cool. So,
1: yeah, awesome. So overall, it was uh, it was you know, it worked out, so, yeah, yeah. And, and now you're having some some relax uh, and not urgent deadlines, yes. healthy, so you, can, uh, you I, can...
0: I was promised yeah. that uh, some of these weekends I've been sacrificing, I would get them, you know, I would yeah. I would get some days off yeah. now right after the thing. Yeah. And what do I do? Of course, the thing I do is I still show up at the office <laughs> and I hang around and I make bad jokes and, that's yeah, great. and, <laughs> See, and that's, play around
1: the blender. Yeah. Of course. Awesome.
2: Yeah, you use blender. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, so I think that from what we were talking about now, it shows that, I mean, many things happened in the last, uh, in the last, in the last days. And it's, it was time for us also to um, zoom out a bit and have an overview of how the whole production went, which is what you've been hearing pretty much now, uh, us talking. But we decided to make this moment also a bit more formal on Monday. And we had a little uh, post-mortem meeting so a postmortem meeting means that we all gathered together and we went uh, through the things that we thought went well and the thing, the things that we uh, think didn't go so well during the production and we discussed them. And this is usually extremely useful to do, especially right after the project when you're warm from the project. Provided that you're just able, you know, it's not a blaming game. It's actually uh, really try to bring out the most constructive criticism and the most constructive observations about what the production, what went wrong in the production, for example. Those are the most important things. And uh, and we did it. So I think that there are a couple of points that maybe I can mention and we can discuss. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, it was divided in two large uh, uh, parts there were two categories of comments. Uh, some of them were technical, so things that could technically work out better, things that we should technically address. And then there was also more the psychological part, more the behavioral part, how how we how we worked. And um, so, for example, the for the for the technical part, we had variety of things. Like uh, for example, camera rigs. That yeah. was uh, that was one topic. So important. that Pablo brought up. uh... Uh, Yeah, I
2: I mentioned that when you're working um, with linked files, uh, and that's the only option we have right now, for example, um, in the layout um, file, you animate the camera, right? And usually it goes fine. You can bring that camera to the animation file and keep working on that. But if you make a change, it's okay there until you go to the lighting file. Because in the lighting file, you bring that camera and maybe it didn't bring the action uh, um, because the camera was constrained to uh, something else. Or it was parented to an empty, and then you need to bring the empty. And then you need to remember to keep uh, in sync both animations. The, the one uh, of the object is the camera in the in the animation file. That is very important. That doesn't happen if you have a camera read. You just have an armature with an, with an action. So...
3: That is pretty important. Well, then you still can forget to to link action for for that tree.
2: Well, if you forget, then uh, you're not doing your.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean,
2: you, you have to link the actions for the characters. So um, if you keep the naming convention, the naming convention we are using right now is uh, the name of the shot. So I don't know zero one zero two a and dot and then ot coro cam um, and whatever else we needed very whatever else we we needed to to do. So when you have to link. It's pretty easy to to not forget because it, you just link everything that starts with the name of the shot. And yeah, we used a camera rig halfway during the project for some of the shots, but no, we should have done it from day one.
1: Yeah, talking about rigs as well, there was uh, another topic Mm. that I think uh, maybe Kialti can say a couple of words about, which was the rigging topic itself. Of course, it would be great to have maybe Juan Pablo who provided us with a lot of rigs for the project. But I think for Kialti, having to deal with the layout process, the transition between layout and animation, and really being involved and having to use those rigs uh, on a daily basis... He he had quite some insight, into what things could work out better. So maybe you can tell us a bit. Yeah. About so that. Uh, so Juan Pablo did a really good
0: job, um, and I mean he he worked super fast on it. it. It would the fact is that in any given project, it is better if people are on location. Uh, not not that it can't be done without it, like with people in different time zones, but when it comes to rigs, for example, you can really feel. Uh, the kind of lack in communication sometimes, because you meant something and you thought it was obvious, but then it got lost in the email like the, that. That um, the thing you wanted to talk about, or the the subtle stuff, and if it if it gets slightly lost in translation. You might end up with a rigor spending a lot of time making a solution to a thing that wasn't there, and that's. I mean, I think that happened a little bit more in at, in Gooseberry. Um, I don't. I didn't. I don't think that was a huge issue here, but it would have been better if we had a rigor on location. Meaning, hey, 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 you know, Juan Pablo, how do you feel about uh, checking out Amsterdam for a while or whatever?
4: It's beautiful in the yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, um, that would have been a huge help. Well. Um, we
2: tackle some of that with videos. We did it only twice, but I think it, that that yeah. didn't solve, of course. But it kind of helped to just grab the camera and show your screen. Okay, this is the problem, and this is the solution that we yeah, want. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. But
0: yeah, and in some in some cases, you have, and this is just, I mean, this is me being honest about the the reality of having a rig, a character, three D character, in each rig. Um, you might it, you might come up with a solution that is this big solution that may be uh, reused for a lot of different rigs, but that solution may be an overkill, meaning that it has so many bones to fix so many things that may never arise in that particular character. So so you might have this really big, complicated rig that's perfect for this human with, with all these different things. And then you have a baby penguin and it doesn't need that many thousands of bones. Uh, and, and there are pros and cons. So like on the pro side, of course, it's, it, it means that it's easier to just set up the thing already and just and, and start working with a, with a rig and a system that you're already familiar with. On the con side, it slows down, it can slow down everything. Just you, you, have, a, you have a scene that has two characters, three characters, four characters, all of a sudden, everything is super slow, and it's hard to work within that file. Um, you know, so saying that, of course, you know, it depends on your machine. But like on any given computer, that's the reality of it. The more bones, the more it bogs down. So that's why usually studios make custom rigs that are specifically designed for that one character. Of course, they maybe reuse some elements from other rigs, but they try to just slim it down. So it's doing everything it needs to do but it's not one billion bones that offer all the solutions you never need it.
2: Yeah, it's limited to the If the character's not going to swim, why would, you, would yeah. you give it like a put the arm up there? or like, Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think in, in future projects, it would be just super helpful to have a rigger that's on location, whether that be Juan Pablo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love his stuff, by the way. I, I you know, this is me not being a negative Nancy necessarily. It's like <laughs> this
1: is the reality of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also talking about rigs and characters, uh, another point that uh, came out of this: um, the, the guys in the lighting and effects department, they also had to work with that, with these riggings and uh, with, with, with these complex dependencies between objects and rigs, like Andy was just mentioning before in the in the lighthouse scene in the very end. We have uh, these complex setups where characters interact with each other and uh, things like that. So working with that was quite complicated. And uh, during the postmortem, uh, we suggested and we talked uh, yet again about the caching yeah. solution. Yeah. So
4: it's still uh, it's one of the things that remained from from Gooseberry. In Gooseberry, we asked ourselves like, can we work in a more uh, Conventional pipeline with uh, you know bigger studios that have might have been doing this for more years,
3: yeah, mm-hmm.
4: uh, and uh, that actually have to use uh, more different tools. They just they don't use one tool like we are using just Blender. They use a multitude of softwares, uh, and then they have to share files between those tools. So they do that using animated caches or caches of the animation files. And uh, yeah, that came up again. And uh, in, in Gooseberry, we started working on that, but we, it was never finished. And uh, that's something we might go back to to investigate. How can we yeah. actually make that work so that the animator or the cacher... <laughs> yeah. uh, the animator go, itself. Yeah, the animator can say, okay, I'm okay with this animation right now. I'm writing this character to a cache. And then all that uh, all that happens from that point on is just reading that cache, meaning that you don't need a rig. You don't need uh, all the, the information. The constraints, that, the constraints and everything. And everything, just, and everything. Yeah. You just need, need the cached object, whatever that is. I mean, that can be a couple of things, and it's never that easy. Uh, on this project, we did it with the, the background penguins, which was fairly simple they have just five objects so each of these objects needs need a different needs one cache um there's five five files per five files per penguin which is already a bit yeah yeah bit hard to read but in the end it it worked as a a, as a how do you call that a
3: a (laughs) (laughs) success
4: (laughs) it it, it kind of worked yeah. yeah so yeah yeah, and, and that would be really nice to investigate for further projects. Like We can even try it on the current production files. We, we have everything set up.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, at this point,
3: everybody's looking at Sergey. Yeah, looking at Sergey, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Uh. Well, I, I mean, it's one of, of, of the topics for 4.2.8 projects to yeah. investigate this. And, and the, the biggest challenge is that for Gooseberry, it was just hacked on top of the system, which is already was stretching to, to almost its maximum.
4: Exactly, yeah. Which
3: is its dependency graph. And then it was also using called a weird override concept for, mm. for which you actually needed to, to have Lucas every time you tried to, to, to use it. Yeah. But it was not very artistic friendly at all. Mm. Like you always needed someone to, to, to investigate what's wrong and why it doesn't and behave the way it does. In the end, I must Think? say it worked
4: quite well. Like you would go mm. on the group. And cache it. Well, yeah, and and, was, and, 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 and now give, and, and, and now yeah, give it to like,
3: someone else who was not here yeah, during the product. If, if I had to that. use
2: it right now, I, would, I don't, I don't know. <laughs>
3: but that's not because the, we
1: uh, had yeah. back then. We had our dependency satisfied because Lucas was there. Yeah. That's why it was the dependency cycle. Yeah, that was now great. Lucas is not here anymore, so our dependency doesn't She's work. It's broken. Yeah, so, so like, I can't
3: use it anymore. Do you think part of that code can be? Well, parts of the code can be used, but we have to, to reconsider the way how the, it, it all works can, uh, internally. So create a nice way to to override within the dependency graph itself. So then you, you just nice. bypass everything in, in a clean way so it doesn't have like all the workarounds all over the place to check. Hey, is there is an object in here? Does it have a cache override? Is it simulated cache or not? And stuff like this. So it's all handled within dependency graph like itself, because with new dependency graph, you, you, you the graph itself def- defines how stuff is being evaluated, and then you just create graph a bit different, and you can bypass stuff in there very easily, but then it's also raising a uh, question, okay, where do you store everything? And then there are other questions. Okay, uh, how do you control whether cache came out of, of sync with the original file or not? Because yeah, you can complain that yeah, for armature, you might forget to link some constraint or so, but then for cache, you also might just forget to, to recache it or recache with different frame f- frame range or so, or forget to include materials in there or so. And then it's also like, yeah, it brings another issue. Okay, you've got the cache. You open it in the layout, in, in the lighting file and you want to tweak material settings in there how how the overrides well imagine they have overrides mm. like, <laughs> with, yeah, which you yeah. don't by the way but it's also another story for 2.8 but imagine they have overrides which can work not just for proxies but also for materials and stuff like wow. this and then you also want to override cache itself like uh, override cached material or so mm. or also you probably want to, to simulate something with, with, with the cache mm, it's, okay. it, it's becoming quite tricky pretty fast, and all those questions need to 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 be answered before we even start to to implement stuff from gooseberry and to reuse it from gooseberry branch yeah because those issues were not solved like at all mm.
2: no there was no override uh, at all and that, that we ended up doing some little overrides with Python
3: oh yeah 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 but, you, you uh, can always do this I'm not saying that 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 the thing from gooseberry is totally useless it's it, it's it's still a good uh, like uh, jump into the projects here, you see what we can do al- uh, already what what we should do or what we should change in, in in the the core of Blender itself to to make things easier and more controllable mm. but uh, it's it, it's quite a complicated uh, topic to to cover yeah. and there are like I, I actually had an email in inbox hey i want to work on on Alembic. how do i do this Well... I don't really know this one, <laughs> because it's not about Alembic, it's about mm. making Blender ready for all those kind of things. Because
4: I mean, m- making an Alembic exporter, that's
3: quite straightforward, right? Yeah, it's a it's couple of hours of work, perhaps. It, it doesn't matter if you use Alembic or use text file. It's, mm. it's just a storage format. It's more important how you, you put it all in within Blender's pipeline yeah. thing and, and tools in Blender themselves.
2: Yeah, and then people want to make that compatible with other software.
3: Wow, well, I mean, it's, uh, you can try doing this, but Alembic format is pretty, is pretty flexible, and other applications, when different applications might use different uh, concepts, and, okay. the, and then all of a sudden we might easily end up what we, we, we have with Scalada currently because yeah Collada is pretty flexible but then all of a sudden you have Kalada for, for 3D Max or for, for, for Second Life or Blender Kalada. it's still same XML but it's just a bit different uh, syntax in there and stuff like this and then you end up having all those workarounds on, all, on import and export to, to, to correspond to all, all those different applications mm. so wow. it's it's probably doable but it's let's let, let, yeah. let, let, let's focus on blender pipeline first and then see how can we, we, we improve interoperability appear, inter- with other yeah. software
1: yeah i agree on that
3: yeah totally
0: <laughs> should we move on to the question
1: well no there is a before we actually move on to the last part of our uh, postmortem i actually wanted to just briefly go over one Last uh, development or development related topic, and I just wanted to ask Sergey what his perspective was. So, the, the um, rendering related uh, complaint or issue that came up from the postmortem was, of course, that we didn't really have a lot of control over the motion blur in. Uh, in uh, during, during the, right. during the rendering. You yeah. have control. Yeah. Controls. You have, you have yeah. all the control. control, you have shutter, you have right. shutter control. time, control. shutter curve and control stuff like this. Control of the render time that's what I mean oh, well, sorry oh, you, uh, <laughs> well, well you, you
3: have control more you use motion blur slower you get render. okay the control is on uh, put the knife down put the knife down okay. <laughs> the topic is controversial
1: as you can hear and uh, but yeah like I know that for Sergey, it was also you know sitting there with us doing the moral support during the final moments of the rendering of the film and uh, you know even if you are a, a core developer of Blender there is this much you can do in the last five minutes of, of rendering. <laughs> so he was just there hearing us complain pretty much at least in the last days but i wanted to ask him like how what do you like what do you think about this like last time you already mentioned something about working on motion blur and oh. the, and the current situation
3: and like what what do you think like in a few words that we are all well, idiots. <laughs> the, it's complicated to, to say in few words but yeah. there are like uh, different approaches for this one of them, which wouldn't be liked by artists, perhaps, is called post-pro. when you basically do all those effects in, in post-production.
4: No, that's fine. Yeah. No, it's, it,
3: it, it depends on the shot. It might work good, it might not work that good. For example, it uh, you, you, you cannot speed up uh, depth of field, for example. That's for right, depth yeah. of field, you, you you would probably end up doing uh, post-production. For mm-hmm. that, there, 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 there are plans to support uh, FSA,
4: yeah. compositing from cycles yeah
3: because currently like uh, you don't have like nice post pro for for hairy characters because it will, will happen within single frame thing and then mm. you like all of a sudden with yeah. all the full
4: screen and the anyway that means Just for every sample there's a compositing pass am I right or
3: well, you, you 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 can kind of split uh, the samples from cycles into different buffers and then mm-hmm. both brought them and then merge them together in the in the similar way to to how Blender internal does it and it'll mm-hmm. improve uh, the the crispness of hair <laughs> yeah. for for the compositor and for that you would probably also want to to have deep compositor yeah. it's somewhere in in the plans for the future but but it's it'll probably come eventually. That's what uh, about the post-pro part of the thing. And then also we can speed up cycles itself to, to, to be more controllable for, for, for the render time. And it's, it's, it's basically... It, it, there are two aspects in here. First of them is the, the BVH itself. So BVH is an optimization structure which allows you to speed up uh, finding intersection between ray and geometry on the scene so the way it currently works is for every primitive in the scene the bounding box which corresponds to that primitive will be as big as this primitive over the time so if you've got big motion of the object it it creates bigger bounding box and in then in the structure mm-hmm. which, which means you, you you'll end up uh, shooting more, more sh- create, uh, doing more intersection checks between ray and bounding box so one of the approaches is, 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 is to create it so you can say, hey, BVH, what's your bounding box for this time, for this particular time? I don't care about other times, what's the bounding box for for, for this time? That would already shrink up an amount of intersection checks. Another thing is is uh, uh, creating a special bounding box structure for, for hair because currently all the bounding boxes are axis aligned. So when you've got mm-hmm. tiny, hair, which is non-aligned by axis, you would have gigantic bounding box for it. What you can do is to make bounding box much smaller and just to rotate it and scale. <laughs> so, so, so bounds yeah. of, of the bounding box are much smaller. So, so the area of the bounding box is much smaller. That would also reduce like dramatically amount of afraid right, to bounding box intersections. So each hair gets
4: its own bounding box?
3: Well, it's it's a bit more complicated. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you it, don't it, really want to know that. Like <laughs> it, it, each hair, like each hair segment, like you you know you have like all yeah, the it, s- yeah. Yeah. subdivisions things on the hair. So exactly,
4: yeah.
3: you have three hair segments within a uh, within a leaf bounding box, mm-hmm. and then you have hierarchy of bounding boxes which are just being merged like, together. Holy. So so in the leaves you've got. Little, Three primitives per 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 node. Then you have like more non-leaf node, which consists of of more nodes, and it just like bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's just a hierarchy of bounding boxes. And currently, if you have multiple stretched hair all together, you will you will end up either with, with really deep pvh3 which is slow to 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 query intersections, or you end up with having much more primitives per leaf bounding box, which is also bad because then you Need to query all 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 the intersections with all the primitives in there. It's also slow. So mm-hmm. if you orient them, then yeah, it's become much less primitives per leaf nodes, mm-hmm. The BVH depth becomes less, and then all of a sudden you 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 have speed up of of the things in there. Cool. So I actually like there there are open source implementation of this, and I started trying to to hook up to Blender, but it's it, it didn't even compile it because you know, it <laughs> mm-hmm. to, but it's supported to, somewhere to on Sergey's hard drive. It's it's there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah I mean, I mean, it started <laughs> to happen to, to to experiment with all those BVH tweaks and and, and stuff like this.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But uh, yeah, there is. We, we can also go a bit deeper in this and use more uh, SIMD instructions, the the vectorization instructions of CPU, to speed up intersection between ray and and hair. Because if you if if use a curve for 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 the hair, I think it's called curve curves. Yeah, curves. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's pretty slow intersection thing. It, yep. it, it's it's yep. factor of five or ten slower than than line segments. Line. Yes. Yeah. So so we I tried to speed that thing up, but it. It kind of speed up but it didn't deliver yeah. proper results. So that it's, it's, so it's so hard to, Yeah,
4: that was the problem. We were relying too much on the curve primitives for hair. Yeah. We could have used line. Yeah, but but, uh, but
3: just, you just stop. want oh, subdivision. It's gonna be blurred anyway. <laughs> oh, so actually
4: if you So use if
3: you're using portion blur on a the hair, then you can switch to, to lines probably. You probably wouldn't notice the difference yeah. between line yeah. and yeah, yeah, you so order.
4: so is it actually for hair, is it? faster to use more subdivisions uh, with lines? lines
3: or using curves? Oh, it's complicated. You <laughs> <laughs> got it, five
4: seconds. It, uh, it. It's, like it, it's probably it's yeah.
3: probably faster to use line seg- segments, like higher subdivision you will have more memory usage, but but, but, but performance wise will probably be faster to use that.
4: All right. Wow. Okay, you heard
3: it here first. That would be my bet anyway. I'm
4: making a little check mark somewhere. Yes, yeah. be Did right you, back. But, but, <laughs> but,
3: but double check this with yeah. just chorus segment. It, it, I'll try. It, it'll definitely use more memory, but but it could be faster.
1: <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, at this point, I think uh, we've been through uh, a lot.
4: of are bleeding. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> of knowledge, we've been through a lot of things, but uh, I'd like to conclude our postmortem related part mentioning something else which was the second topic i was uh, i was uh, talking about in the beginning so this was all the technical part and it went on for quite a while on monday about these kind of things but on the other hand we had ourselves and uh, right now you heard a lot of problems of issues of concerns and frustrations and uh, those also reflected a little bit uh, uh, on, on the production side, on the production part. We, we were a bit late with this release, so it's uh, overall not a very good idea to be waiting for a render one hour before releasing the film, right? So that's maybe if somebody's listening to us, they're like, wow, these guys are really not very good with their planning, because <laughs> <laughs> if you end up like that, that's not very good. Especially since we had to postpone, and uh, it's very easy to get you know caught up in that and being like sad and depressed that uh, we didn't we didn't meet our goals, and uh, we tried to elaborate that a bit more and um, during during our discussion. And what came out is that yeah we are we, we've been very ambitious with this project, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, in the end we are really proud and happy with what we with what we achieved. So for us it was uh, really worth it. It's definitely something we have to work on though. So our Uh, Our hopes and our best intentions are in keeping to make things and tell stories that are appealing with great characters and great stuff happening in in the best quality we can, but try to calibrate it better with the time that we have. Mm And uh, and everybody was really up for that. And there is really n- n- nobody really to blame because yeah, we, we just give it all we have. So it's not that nobody was <laughs> uh, obliging us to stay, mm-hmm. you know, overnights and uh, staying there because it has to be the best thing. It's just, you can't help it. But of course we all realize that this is not yeah. sustainable. Well, yeah. The
2: nature yeah. of it, it is, yeah, we want to make things better. That the first deadline was Christmas. That was like six weeks. And we made Caminandes one in a week, Caminandes two in like three weeks, two weeks of production plus some tweaks. And this one we had six. Wow, we can do anything. <laughs> and yeah, we caught up. Uh, we got caught up with. Uh, yeah,
1: adding. too bad everything became also twice as complicated or four times as complicated. But because so. we
2: wanted. I mean, yeah. there, we, there was. I mean, we could have totally made it uh, simpler. But yeah, Don, uh, when we said that, Tom was yeah, just make one-minute movies now from now on.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well. Yeah, so I think that's one thing that's uh, crystallized during that meeting is that we uh, people like, especially I think the 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 community is expecting a certain level of us right now, Hmm. and we like they deserve to have a great quality short, and we have to up that quality. It's like we want to we want to have those challenges, and we want to make something that is as best as we can possibly make otherwise it would be boring to do It'll something boring, that's yeah. like hundred yeah. percent feasible, easy peasy, walk in the park.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Challenge otherwise, so so, so, so Pablo, how does pre-production time compare for different command on the series?
2: Oh <laughs> well like the first one didn't have pre-production at all. i you think it was like a day? And then we started. But I had the character Koro and I had the environment also done from be- uh, beforehand so um that it doesn't count but for the second Caminandes pre-production was almost non-existent too i mean we were emailing we were all in different places
1: basically yeah just before we worked on the story that took like maybe a couple of weeks one week two weeks to develop the original story storyline that is something yeah the story we worked was on.
2: only one person in the yeah. second episode so in this one we all uh, chipped in we had like, the basic outline of the story, then we uh, share it with uh, Matias and the rest of the team here, and that's how it evolved. And it took almost a month. Just it was, to, like, one month uh, yeah. of pre-production, yeah. So uh, during last half, I was having a, a weekly meetings with uh, Matias, and pretty much every day, well, we had, like, one day where we can actually spend in uh, on Caminandes' uh, Amigos. So, pre-production, and I think it went fine. For the next episode, I think we can have the same, but more time, uh, I mean, same in, in story, but uh, we can spend more time on getting the characters ready. Uh, so when we make the layout and we go from layout to animation, we can reuse that animation because setting up that um, using the layout with one character and then using the animation with another character was a
0: yeah. huge waste of time. That, that, well, I mean, it, it helped out a lot having um, a really simple character that's simply rigged works super fast uh, as, as like this really, it's almost like a sketch of, of the shot in layout. Um, and if, if you have to bring these really big bulky characters with a lot of bones and whatnot, it's gonna slow you down a lot. Um, so I, I do think that like in and of itself, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's true that there maybe should be this uh, extra step that should be taken at taking the layout version to the production file that's supposed to be animated then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody should do that.
0: Yeah. We just kept doing it, uh, as we went along, but that became a little tedious. And if you forgot something, then, then, you know, I had to, there were a couple of times when I started, uh, making a layout version become the animation file. And I had to start all over because things got a little broken and weird. Yeah. So do we maybe save the questions for next week? Uh, because no, there's actually...
2: There was... Um oh we can save the question it was like only one and it yeah. was related to Leia, so we can save it for next time yeah, I yeah. Cool. One.
1: so I think that I mean overall just to wrap this up once more we were really happy with how the movie turned out yeah. completely Re- happy reactions it's were really, really good, good online yes. maybe next time we can also see some comments and see how there are also more fun stories about the release that maybe we can talk about next next week and see if something more interesting yeah, comes yes. up during this week because it's been out for only three four days the film well actually a bit more like five three, yeah, so yeah something like that. It's uh, 50,000 views. So, yeah, we are really really curious to see how that goes. But uh, there is one final topic that I would like to mention that is what we are going to work on now because the last, yeah, two weeks have been really busy for us focusing on a movie and uh, neglecting a little bit the cloud content and the cloud content production, which is what we are really going to spend time on this month. Yes. So this is what uh, everybody here is going to work on. And, uh, Except Sergey, <laughs> <laughs> make, It's going to make Blender better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we are going to share a bit more details uh, and the information about the production itself and make uh, more material for everybody to access, download, reuse. There we are at a lot of plans uh, with that, and we uh, will communicate this with, um, uh, with everyone. We are, we are sending an, an email newsletter to all the cloud subscribers, so we keep them in the loop so that everybody knows what we are doing. And that's our big motivation for this uh, for this month I think yeah 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 totally
2: documentation and, and tutorials too uh, if you have any idea or what what would you like to see just leave a comment and let us know we yeah. have some plans like for pipeline and uh, um, some things that you don't usually see out out there in the community like the, the kind of tutorials so uh, I think what we have planned is it's good it's great but if you have any suggestions just let us know
0: yeah. yeah, definitely. We're trying. We're going to try a new setup here in the studio. So we're going to have one yes. computer totally dedicated to tutorials and informative videos. Hopefully with also some screen like screen capture and a video of ourselves explaining the thing, which I think is uh, a little bit more personal. So that's kind of nice.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to have that. So we have a dedicated computer that we can share. So you should think of a tutorial and just go sit down, record it in yeah. that dedicated computer and then... Uh, you can do it as fast as possible. So it's something more uh, yeah. you can do more often. Totally. Or relaxed.
1: Yeah. So that's what happened this week. And this is what we are going to be doing next uh, month. And uh, I think this is it for, for yes. this time. Yeah, yeah. So thanks a lot for listening. And uh, until the next time. Yeah. See uh-huh.
3: you next week. Bye see bye you. next Bye-bye. As always, have a nice day. You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast. Brought to you
0: by the Blender Cloud. Finding it hard to maintain your train of thought? Get back on track via the cloud. Go to thecloud.blender.org.